Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. It's Saturday, April 29, 2023. Livestock beekeeping. So, you know, let's give you a brief update of what's going on on the farm. There's some, I put some video out about, about that hive that had been robbed. And I actually got in and opened it up and had a look. So have a look at our YouTube channel, Wildflower Bee Farm, uh, and you'll see the video of when I open up that hive. And, and it, what a surprise that the bees um, came back as they did after that attack by robbers in March. Uh, it's the Zabo uh, group out of um, near Guelph. That's the original strain. But, of course, since then they've swarmed and all kinds of things have happened. So they're, they're just some new mutt group that seem to have fought through that issue, and that's exciting. Uh, the livestock beekeeping thing, I mean, I follow it. And I watch it because there's a great deal to learn, and I'm not trying to comment on good or bad. And just let me do the definition. So livestock beekeeping for me is beekeeping that really focuses on honey production. Everything that is done, it's a business, is to create more honey and sell more of it and make a profit and all of that. And in the process, also help with pollination, and it's a, you know it's just another version of beekeeping. And I think it's great. I just think we need to... Uh, do a couple of things that would be helpful. And and I am like you in the sense, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a hive or two, you probably take the odd frame and so you have your own honey. You don't have to worry about what you're consuming because you're in under control. Your bees are there. In my case, I'm lucky because we're on a 50-acre farm and they do go off, obviously, to get better pollen when it's available or nectar. It may be the local orchards or whatever it may be. But generally speaking, they hang around because we have so much food here on the farm, and I kind of know what clover honey's like, and the different kinds of honeys that they pick up. And so we do, we do take some our corporate sponsors, our one farm sponsor. Um, we put a box on for them of a of a hive, and they're able to get honey. We get some honey for families. So, so I, I'm speaking from a position of not buying it out there. Um, and so I just wanted to clarify a few things that. And if you have questions, please get online and, you know, get on Instagram and comment and and so on. As you all know, honey is a very interesting sort of concept in that there were, if you look at the history, there's been different sort of, um, I don't want to call them frauds, more more so um, difficulty with fully understanding what's in the product that you call honey if you buy it in a grocery store or in bulk format because there. The, the main problem we have is we don't have a history of what that product is. You know, when blockchain came out, and everyone was talking, it still talks about cryptocurrency and all that. To me, blockchain was important because if it would have allowed us to scan something, and there's a bit of this out there with fish, I know, certain companies, but there really isn't, you know, when it comes to transparency of product. Uh, it would be nice to scan, for example, butter that says that it's... um from an organic situation or at least cows are treated a certain way whatever it may be so that that's fully available to you to see and it should be the same for any product whether but but especially for food i think uh, when we get to honey it's a very dicey process it's a very difficult process unless you know the person raising the bees or you have your own 
you you sometimes are never sure what it is you're actually getting and so if we take the livestock beekeeping process as i understand it from viewing and watching and actually that's probably the way most of us are initially trained to produce more honey what you need to do um and moving towards more of a servant beekeeping model which i think we're into now on the farm here which allows for honey obviously but also more of a spectator role in the darwinian uh, black bee box technique and so you need to understand what uh, pesticides are used what fungicides what antibiotics are the bees being vaccinated are they allowed to swarm do we clip the queen's wings do we kill the drones um are they stored inside for the winter are they allowed to um swarm which is I, I say that again but that's a that's a really important thing for many bees now if you allow bees to swarm you're going to cut your honey production so most of the time the answer would be no they're not allowed to swarm now you say why does that matter well it matters to the point of you know the health of what's in and the other one the big one is are, are the bees being fed sugar syrup more than for a rescue purpose and most of us in the servant beekeeping side would have honey and even though in our model we don't rescue for feed because it's it's part of the process that uh, the Darwinian uh, black box beekeeping does where we we don't rescue them for f food issues at least I don't not once they're they're established but if you feed bees uh, sugar water more than just on an emergency basis you'll find that it really changes their gut microbes if you just think about yourself drinking sugar products or white sugar water what it does to your intestines and your and, and your gut microbes there's a, a significant science on what this does to the honeybees um, often not discussed the other problem we have is a great deal of the varroa mite treatments are now legislated and, and and it's sort of a bit reminds me a bit of the requirements to pretty soon i would imagine they're going to require beekeepers to vaccinate their bees for varroa mites which most scientists today and most real research will tell you when you do that you deprive the bees the opportunity to develop their own systems to take care of the problem which bees have done for millions of years until we sort of came along and decided to do a, a livestock approach so a livestock approach is fine as long as it's fully transparent so that when you go buy a, a jug of honey or you know put honey in a in a jar you know what you're getting you know where it came from and you support that and we should do that but I would propose to you that um, you need to have that information before you can make a decision and uh, a way uh, that may be one choice another choice may be to get to know uh, what I would call a more um, friendly um, sort of um, honey production system but it's it's kind of like either you cross over on the one side or the other to be able to uh, get your honey you're either in a livestock situation or you're in a completely um, sort of non-intervention approach, kind of like what we do, where people actually sell honey and we don't sell honey. Um, so it's 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 a real dilemma. Uh, production would drop significantly if we didn't have livestock be uh, beekeepers. There would be a significant drop in production. I'm not sure where people would get the honey uh, that has incredible benefits, even that which has all the other stuff in it. It's like eating an apple. They tell you. Well, when you eat an apple, it's got all these pesticides in the meat and in the skin, but the apple's still better for you than not eating the apple, which most of us are confused about, which is why we try to 
you know, put an apple tree on our property or, or find or find something that you can eat that may not have all that stuff in it. But what I'm saying is it's important to have choice. And it seems that today that may not be the case, um, that we're afraid to really address the issue. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of government push to um, you know, accept a livestock version of beekeeping as opposed to the other versions that are out there. So if you get to a farmer's market, as I do on a regular basis, you'll see all types of honey. You can talk to the person selling it. You can, you know, get the story of the farm or the area or the apiary. Um, Also, uh, remember that price will probably be a bit higher for the, uh, uh, probably quite a bit higher than the um, livestock beekeeping product but i think you're going to uh, have a benefit for you and your family if you do that so that's my opinion of livestock beekeeping it's it's important it's necessary uh it's um the people who who practice that it's a profession it's just like uh, animal husbandry or cash crop farming on a large scale i mean we're talking people with thousands of hives absolutely thousands of hives and if you want to see a contrast look at the um black box beekeeping technology that's available and some large beekeepers are actually utilizing those approaches and i'll talk about that in future podcasts i'd love to get one of the um, founders of a company out of texas on i don't think that's going to be possible but i'm going to try to reach out maybe i'll have to wait till the winter to do that but um there are actually appearing some commercial livestock beekeepers who implement a very environmental friendly and bee friendly approach when it comes to not using any treatments in their hives so that the bees can survive so this is hank for the wildflower bee farm you have an amazing day and we'll talk soon remember to pick up my latest book what grandpa learned from his honeybees the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on amazon or audible pick it up today